Presented by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. Hey, good morning. I'm Playbook Editor Mike DeBonis. It's Wednesday, April 19th. There's a few big stories we're watching today. First off, we've got the Jack the Dripper story. It heads to Capitol Hill. Members of the Senate are set to get a classified briefing this afternoon on the leaks of classified documents that were allegedly perpetrated by Jack Teixeira, the Massachusetts National Guardsman. We're also on the lookout today for Supreme Court action on the big abortion pill case. You'll recall that a federal appeals court last week restricted access to the abortion pill. The Supreme Court laid out an emergency order, which expires right at midnight tonight. So we're expecting the court to lay out its next steps at some point today. And we're also processing the big media news yesterday, the surprise settlement in Dominion's lawsuit against Fox News, who have now agreed to pay $787 million to settle defamation claims related to the 2020 election. But this may not be the end of the story, though. Fox still faces litigation from another voting machine company, Smartmatic, and the company's shareholders are also expected to file lawsuits based on the allegations exposed in Dominion's suit. So yesterday was also a big day in the brewing Republican rivalry between Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. I've got Playbook co-author Rachel Bate on the line. She was following this visit. Hey, Rachel. Good morning. So you did a lot of reporting around this, uh, the DeSantis visit to the Hill. And and this was supposed to be sort of a little bit of a moment in the sun for DeSantis, kind of reveling in his uh, status as the number one challenger to Donald Trump and and probably the, the, the best position guy to take the nomination from him. But that's not exactly what happened, is it? Yeah, no, not at all. I mean, in the 24 hours uh, leading to this much anticipated meeting between him and a lot of his former colleagues in the House, um, we saw a number of Florida Republicans come out and endorse Donald Trump, which was pretty pointed jab. John Rutherford and Greg Stubbe were the first two. Uh, Brian Mast, who is another Florida Republican who is said to be pretty close to DeSantis, surprised some people when he told CNN that he would be not only endorsing Trump, but sharing veterans for Trump. And then we also saw a Republican lawmaker, Lance Gooden from Texas, literally walk out of the meeting with DeSantis last night and declare that he would support Trump, which was probably the sickest burn of the day. Yeah, that's that's ice cold. It's brutal. In fact, like I was on the phone with someone in Trump's orbit at the exact meeting that that sort of went viral. And the person told me, quote, it's killer. We didn't even know he was going to do this in terms of Lance Gooden. So that's the question. Like, was this a coordinated ambush or, you know, what was this? I mean, it seems like it was just very well stage managed on Trump's part if this was, in fact, planned in advance. Yeah, some of it certainly was. Um, I made some calls to Trump World last night to get a download on this. It turns out that over the weekend when Trump was in Tennessee, uh, Senator Bill Haggerty set up this meeting between Trump and a lot of the Tennessee Republican lawmakers and basically just just gabbed with them and at one point asked them if they would be willing to endorse him. And a lot of them did. Almost the whole delegation did. And so Trump's camp, it sort of got them thinking, Okay, well, this was pretty easy. Could we do the same thing with Florida? And at the time, Trump has already received a number of endorsements from uh, Florida Republicans for, I believe, at the time. But, you know, with DeSantis coming to the Hill, they were wondering if they could sort of grow those numbers. And so Trump officials fired off a number of emails to various Republicans in Florida who had not endorsed, saying, look, you know, Trump is interested in your support. If you'll join our team, please let us know. And they were, again, surprised by 
the sheer enthusiasm they heard. And they are telling me that more are coming, if not, right. uh, you know, in the next 24 hours, in the next uh, week or so. So this is not the end of it. This, of course, is like a member by member decision, obviously. And you spoke to one member, Greg Stubbe, and he sort of explained his calculus pretty frankly, right? I mean, what did he tell you? It was quite shocking. He was he was very blunt. Uh, Stubbe, who's been in Congress for five years, said that he has on a number of occasions reached out to DeSantis to try to get a meeting with him to talk about Florida politics, et cetera. And every time he had been snubbed, um, he said that DeSantis had done a number of events in his own district and either he wasn't invited or a few times he was actually invited to do like press conferences with DeSantis. And then when he showed up, he was told that he was not allowed to be part of the event. So he had some choice words about DeSantis and the fact that DeSantis all of a sudden wants to be friends with him. Right. He also told me the story about how when he was in the ICU of the hospital, after he had this fall cutting trees just a few weeks ago, um, right. and he, he actually took time off Congress for this, Trump was one of the first people to call him and ask him how he was doing. Um, he never heard anything from DeSantis. So, Right. And, it, and this all plays into this narrative that like Ron DeSantis, for all of his success in Florida, has actually been you know quite aloof and ill-suited to sort of the retail politics that you expect from, you know, certainly a governor, but also, a, you know, a president. You know, he doesn't seem to have that sort of backslapping touch. Yeah, that's exactly right. Exactly right. I mean... We've written stories before about uh, Republicans on the Hill who have said he's, you know, he was sort of quiet. He kept to himself here on Capitol Hill. Um, but a lot of his former colleagues, you know, back then were saying they were ready to support him. I do think it's really telling, though, that Republicans in the Florida delegation, easy allies in theory, are not and are flocking to Trump right now. I mean, this is going to be a problem for him. So that was yesterday. What are you watching today, Rachel? Okay, today. So Homeland Security Secretary uh, Mayorkas is going to be on Capitol Hill, and uh, he's going to be testifying before a pretty hostile committee, uh, the House Homeland Committee. And that comes about 24 hours after a blockbuster story ran in The New York Times where Homeland Chairman Mark Green was reported to have been telling a bunch of Republican donors that he was prepared to impeach Mayorkas. So we're definitely going to see some fireworks, I think, in the committee today. We'll be watching. Thanks, Rachel. Thank you. And for your schedule today, as Rachel mentioned, Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas will be before the House Homeland Security Committee at 10 a.m. On the Senate side, the new IRS commissioner, Dan Werfel, will testify before the Finance Committee for the first time as commissioner at 10 a.m. And Elton John, yes, that Elton John, will testify at a Senate Foreign Relations Committee hearing at 10 a.m. on international AIDS funding. And here's some news that senators can use. Bloomberg reports that Senator Todd Young of Indiana has officially inherited the storied candy desk from the retired Pat Toomey, and he's stocking it with all sorts of Hoosier confections, including, I am proud to point out, Albanese gummy bears from my hometown of Hobart, Indiana, which I highly recommend. They put that Haribo trash to shame. For an expanded schedule of everything happening in D.C. today and more reporting, please check out the newsletter at politico.com playbook. I'm Mike DeBonis. Thanks for listening. To meet America's growing challenges, like updating crumbling roads and bridges, addressing water quality, expanding broadband access, combating climate change, and strengthening our energy security, the permitting process must be improved. 
The U.S. Chamber of Commerce is calling on Congress to permit America to build by passing meaningful, durable permitting reform before the end of the summer. Learn more at uschamber.com.